Welcome to Reverse Sweep presented by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com forward slash reverse sweep and use code reverse sweep for the first deposit match up to $100. Hope everyone had a fantastic holiday break and you're all ready to get back into some CDL action with Boston fast approaching and another weekend of matches behind us and things are starting to shape up for Major 1. But before we get into that, um, I can't forget to introduce my fantastic co-host Pat and Chris, who I'm sure, just like me, are ready to talk absolute nonsense about Call of Duty for the next hour. Um, but let's get right into it and over the last week we've had some big challengers announcements with two events and champs being confirmed. The community wasn't too happy about it, they, they didn't take the news too well as you'd have expected having to wait so long for any news um, but Chris, Pat, what do you guys think about all this? Uh, personally, just being big on challengers, it's, it's very, it's terrible to see the state of the challengers um, this year, uh, obviously not having any sort of cups or announcements until less than a month before Boston. Um, on top of that, you know, you know, it came to it came to you know, fruition that we're not going to have as many challenger lands anymore. Potentially only two. You know, I think Miami or something like that might be looking at potentially hosting one, but nothing announced yet. Um, they did up the prize pool of them, so I think they just kind of spread the prize pool out to those um, events, but. The less lands there are, it means this means there's less opportunity for players to actually show their talent because um, challengers isn't like the league where there's servers and all that stuff where, um, you know, it's it's more of an even playing field. Uh, challengers uh, is more of the wild, wild west. So um, in terms of like, you know, fairness of competition and on top of the fact that people could be potentially cheating uh, from their own personal computers at home, um, it's just not, you know, the most preferred way of competing for for these guys. Right especially the ones that are trying to put their names out there. So uh, it just sucks to see. And on top of that, uh, it's up to the teams to host it. And I don't even blame the teams for not wanting to put on events uh, because they are costly and uh, they don't really make you any sort of money. It's more so like whether the teams are looking to kind of like give back to the community and they don't really have a reason to, especially with the state of esports and the CDO in general. Yeah, I think this comes yeah. down to as well, like, I think if you go back to like 2018, 2019, when the CDL was first being created, you needed to really have those agreements in place that challengers would be at every event. If you're hosting an event, there's going to be challengers, but I think the complications there is the initial agreed like plan for the uh, CDL got completely scrapped like one month in, so um, yeah, it's, it's not ideal. I'm a... You know, sad as it is, I'm not surprised because, I mean, look at last year when uh, I believe it was New York that was supposed to host Major 4. And th this was like a no-challenger event. This was just a Major 4 for the New York team. Uh, and they pulled out last minute. Um, you remember, we, we ended up going to Columbus to play in like a Belong Gaming Arena's yep. um, thing to have a have an entire event, and there was no fans. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like the, the state of you know, Call of Duty where we're at now, like running these events, especially when you consider the fact that uh, Adam Apicella made this point, um, you know, back in the day in the MLG circuit, we went to very inexpensive cities when you, when you really think about it, like we were in Columbus a lot, um, you know, we'd go to Orlando. Um, nowadays, these franchises are in very big markets. Like they're in the expensive cities. New York is a great example. That's probably one of the most expensive places to host an event. Um, and so like having these city-based franchising teams in these locations and the ones responsible to put on the events in these cities, um, it makes it really tough. And so, you know, as sad as it is, I'm really not surprised. Um, I also think, you know, challengers being on PC is, is a, a massive hurdle, right? That's why we cap it down to a few teams. And so I think it just, you know, reiterates what we've talked about on a few episodes where it's like the state of the entire model is is just bad and it, it's bad top to bottom like community is an afterthought entirely here um and the only people that are really benefiting are the pro players on the high salaries right like other than that i mean there's really no when we compare cdl to cwl or even before that like it's just a wildly different environment and a wildly different format and i think that's the that's the sad part where it's like a realization where we're at currently and like what we really need to do to 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 improve so um it sucks and i feel for those challenger guys and i think it's more important than ever for those people in challengers like if you're in challengers right now and you're not 
doing everything in your power to look for like those college cod opportunities um i really think you should and um you know hopefully the cdl either ends or we get some resolution in the next few years because it's looking grim for for challengers you did a great episode on the flank uh talking to adam apicella who's obviously a legend in the call of duty space and the esports space in general pretty much one of the pioneers when it comes to hosting uh, major tournaments and and large scale events, uh, you know, s- similar to the, the well, basically the CDL or CWL, um, and uh, you know that that was an incredible conversation. But also, he talked about how um, the developers and the you know the esports communities they fail to kind of like uh, monetize their their player bases because they just lack accessibility. The reason, and I think that's true. Like there needs to be more opportunities for up and coming players or people that are interested in competitive call of duty to play esports, to play call of duty esports ways. You do that um, by hosting these bigger tournaments, right? With consoles, right? Consoles, a huge market for call of duty. Um, on top of that, it's easy to get a console. So if you want to compete against, you know, in challengers or against those players um, at, at tournaments, you would, you wouldn't really feel like you're at a disadvantage by having a console, right? It's so much more accessible, so much cheaper, and it's so much easier to scale as opposed to, buying PCs that are thousands and thousands of dollars. Also, when it comes to like how um, easy they are to kind of like manage um, consoles, usually rarely have issues where like they have like they'll randomly just break while PCs, you know, like there's hella stuff that you need to take care of with like tech and IT and, you know, security and and, and cheating, especially. So um, just the the amount of things that you need to host a tournament with that many play or that many PCs is just it's just so much more expensive like there just needs to be way more accessibility um i said this even a long time ago it's hard it's it, it esports is a small community but the problem is is the less opportunities there are in call of duty the more that we are going to see call of duty players or people that could potentially be call of duty esports fans and players go to other games that have more opportunities why the fuck would they sit here and settle for um, you know, the Call of Duty Challengers ecosystem as it is now with the pro system, when they can go to a different game that's way more open, way more accessible, um, it's got their shit together. Um, so we need to find a way to not only, you know, keep the people that we have now, but also just entice more players, more esports players, not just COD, right? We need to convert other esports gamers to COD players um, and monetize that way, and it'll just be better for the whole scene. So um, it was a great conversation, and if you guys haven't checked that out, make sure you guys do because um, I think um, that would touch even more on this subject for sure. But anyways, yeah, I think that's a good point as yeah. well. That like you know we've transitioned from playing on console now we're on PC and it's way less accessible. You have to be able to compete and you have to be able to spend upwards of a thousand dollars to have the same PCs of these upper level challengers players low level cdl players whatever that may be um so it's just one of those things it's just even more difficult now to really get noticed especially with the the lack of events now do you guys think miami hosts one i saw their owner tweet out like uh it's still not a sure thing type of thing um and i i think i read somewhere like that played a part in the delay of the announcement of just challengers information in general was like miami not being able to say yes or no um so what do you guys think do you think they'll put one on or just we'll, we'll for sure hopefully. Have to. i mean hopefully i think community pressure will definitely play a part into them actually getting it done but i don't really know if they're looking at it from a uh financial perspective as if, if it's a sound decision because i don't think they make anything off it and they're a pretty new organization like i doubt they want to just come in and lose money but also I think being a new organization, the CDL, they probably want to like be in the good graces of the fans. So maybe I don't know. Yeah, Miami, like Pat said initially as well, it's an expensive place to run events. So it may be yeah. one of those ones where they have a venue where they need to maybe buy or rent out a slightly smaller venue for challengers. I don't know on if top it's of that, or it's like a building that's not big enough to fit both challengers and the pro. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, no information, but didn't they say that it's not even like actually going to be in Miami? It's going to be in like was it? What city was it? I want to say, maybe was it Fort Lauderdale? Was it Orlando? It was something. It wasn't actually Miami, Miami, where they're going to be ah. hosting the major. Um, at least what I was told. Could have been Lee. But we'll, we'll see. So definitely, obviously, even for their major, they're not going to host it right in Miami. I don't I don't think they do. If they do, I'd be surprised. That shit's going to be expensive, especially during the time that it's going on. It's like during spring break or something. So, yeah, I don't know. 
Either way. I do really hope that they host an event, though, because I'll be there if there's a Challengers event, and if there is one, Mammy's always a great time. It's a good place, nice weather, um, good food, you know. You can't really complain about Mammy at all, but it is extremely expensive. Jesus, the drinks there are extortionate, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm not looking forward to the bill if we do end up going to Mammy, that's <laughs> for sure. Um, apart from that, I think that there's another big announcement. Not an announcement, actually. It's more of a rumour, but uh, Charlie Intel tweeted uh, this week, over the last couple of weeks, actually, that um, the next COD is rumoured to be um, a Black Ops 2 direct sequel um, by Treyarch. Pick 10 is back, etc. Um, I don't know much about this at all, uh, but it's an interesting topic of conversation, of course, because us three all competed t together, actually, in, on Black Ops 2, and I think we all agree that it's probably the best Call of Duty title of all time. So... I mean, if that is the case, I'm going to be incredibly excited for Pick 10 especially. That's been something that I think I've tweeted every year for the last, like, 20 years. It's felt like that I've wanted back, you know, a real class system where we can actually sit there and counter each other. And uh, I know Pat will have the MPs on because uh, his squad used to love throwing them about. Wait, I thought um, I thought what it was was COD 2024, the one at the end of this year, was the Gulf oh, War rumor. And then 2025, which would have been right after, it would be Treyarch again, the same, same way IW just did, or like the how they the went Cold Model War for 2, Model for 3. Yeah, and right, then sequel. that would be the, yeah, the Black Ops 2 sequel, yeah. So, I mean, either way, it's like, two years of very heavy and in Treyarch involvement, which is, which is good. I think if, if you're a Treyarch fan, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Treyarch, I don't know about you guys, but Treyarch's always been my favorite, um, Call of Duty dev. Um, so I think, you know, they'll Same. be in good hands but also, in, in that regard. Bro, this is just like a gameplay related thing that obviously stems from the pick 10 system and just how they change things. All the Call of Duty gameplay related changes came from like two problems, right? Say what you want about spawns, maps, blah, 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 gunplay. It came from field upgrades and then removing the fucking EMP. Those were the two things that made COD worse. I don't, I don't think it was that specifically. I think I think the, the real issue with COD multiplayer is that it's been so negatively impacted by Warzone balance, right? Like, multiplayer is in my opinion a massive afterthought now that warzone is the main product in my opinion um and i think you know gameplay decisions are being made for warzone and then copy and paste it over to multiplayer right like we saw that in last year's cod with a ton of the maps they were literally some of the maps were literally pois in, in warzone um just closed off and put borders around just to make it work for a multiplayer map um, I agree with you. Removing of the EMP, like stuff like that. Um, field upgrades are obviously a very Warzone thing. Um, and I think there's a ton of gameplay decisions in general that are being made for Warzone, and it's just multiplayer is catching the the the, yeah. the side effects of that. And I think that's EMPs that's the just need to problem. make a return, bro. Like the fact that tr trophy systems have been allowed to go this unchecked for so long, like, is just so bad. Um, and I guess people maybe don't make as much of a deal out of it anymore because like a lot of people and the younger crowd kind of prefer the like running and gunning and they think that like using tacticals and stuff like that um, is bad. But I mean, I think you're seeing it now with like this game, like the reason why like we're such big proponents, a lot of the old heads of like using your tacticals and um, tacticals being a heavier, uh, having a heavier, like what is it called? Importance in, in actual gameplay is because of map design like this. Like back in the day on the Modern Warfare 2, the original, um, we had a nade and two stuns. Literally everyone did. And there was no trophies, right? Nowadays, it's like everyone has, uh, there's trophies everywhere. You don't have as many tacticals. Um, not only that, um, it's just like the map design, right? It's so hard to get people out of power spots. I wonder why, right? So like we are so used to, we, we were, we grew up on the fact that like, you know, if a guy's in a power spot, the only way you're going to get him out is to use your tacticals. Nowadays, it's like the guys in the power spot, the only way we're going to get them out is if we all team shot them with the one bullet. So like, it just creates a different dynamic. Um, I think the game played just way better back in the day with, you know, certain things like the EMP, um, the field upgrades and stuff like that, not being a thing. And, um, oh, no, wow. Chris, there's a game coming out, uh, with an EMP grenade in it. Word. You got trophy systems. This is Chris. There's a lot of great stuff coming. That's all I can say. <laughs> Funny, but yeah, you get the point. So um, definitely excited for pick 10. 
hopefully EMP grenades make a return. And uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully we just see something similar to uh, the BO2 stuff. The crazy, the crazy too, the thing too is, um, it was rumored that this Marfred Three was supposed to have a pick ten. Remember, did you guys, did you guys and see got that? Fucking um, shut down. Yeah, it got like axed by Infinity Ward. Yeah, which is wild. Um, I, I agree. I think that's pick ten's always been like one of the best loadout systems. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. It's, it's yep. back next year. Yeah, and it's funny you guys mentioned trophies because uh, there's been some controversy this week with uh, teams. I don't know if they actually ran them, but uh, there's been complaints about teams breaking GAs, running extra trophies, running smokes, uh, and that's been a big topic of conversation. Obviously, since the start of the season, you've had the likes of the flank, um, I mean, yourselves included, um, doing like, oh, these guys have been caught snaking. You've got Zuma tweeting out red cards to people and stuff like that. So it's been quite entertaining, to be honest, from that side. But um, interesting to know what your guys' thoughts are on like, the future of GAs, I guess you could say. Um, because... Routinely now, I don't know if it's just players being idiots and just continuing to accidentally it's break 100%. GAs. Or... I don't. I don't think there's any um, ill intent yeah. with these GAs getting broken. Um, but I think the problem is, and you guys may disagree with me, but I think this stems from just the newer age COD kids. Like when we had GAs back in the day, like there was a level of pride on our teams to making sure we were abiding by it because we all knew like why it needed to be GA and we all understood it. And we were, it was honestly way easier to get GAs passed back in the day too. There was far less disagreements about what should and shouldn't be aside from like Killa wanting LMGs in <laughs> that one thing goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just player laziness and, and, you know, not taking accountability and, the trophies one is, is really dumb to me. Like only two people should have that field upgrade equipped on their loadout. Like you can run the, the, the dead field upgrades, run dead silence, run the barricade, run whatever that you never touch. Like it, that to me, it should be a no brainer. Like this should not even be an issue with, with the GA getting broken because everyone can control whether it is or not, just by making sure your loadout, you know, when you, it's the same thing with like, Putting it, when you put your gun on, like just make sure that you have what you're supposed to run for your team. The same is true for smokes. Like if the, if there's only one smoke allowed on the map, designate who your smoke player is. Like that's what we did in World War II. We in World War II we had one smoke in SND, uh, or we had two, and like we had our set players who were gonna run the smoke grenades, and the other guys never made a class with it. I, I think it's just laziness, um, lack of awareness, and honestly, just an effort thing. Um, and I think Scrappy said that like they're not gonna punish Seattle for this because this is like the second GA Seattle's broke right like the first one was Abuza with uh, the tax sprint setting um, that's a different one because you know there's less control like obviously if he like put it on for pubs and didn't take there's a lot of like excuses and come up but the loadout based stuff is is ridiculous um, and so I kind of I don't like that he said they're they're gonna let him slide on this I feel like you know they need to make it very apparent that. If you break GAs, there are going to be repercussions. That that way, like it just never happens, because um, it, it should never happen. It's a very simple thing, um, and breaking GAs happened far less in the past than it has in the last. I just wish there weren't you know, so many. A, years a lot of a things that we GA now were things that were just easily regulated in the game, like having the limit trophy systems, for example, was just not a thing in Black Ops Two. You could run as many as you fucking wanted, um, and that was because there was direct counters to them, and there's actual like bad things about doing certain things and stacking certain stuff. Yeah. Some people might have looked at like things like EMPs as cheese and running a lot of them was like, Oh, it's cheesy, blah, blah. Like you missed out on not having stun grenades, not having a smoke. If you wanted one, maybe an extra nade. Like there was just nothing. Like a lot of that stuff was just taken care of by good class balance. And we just miss it now because like, I feel like they just give you access to everything and uh, without any sort of repercussions. And I just think that's terrible game design. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's GA suck. Uh, it's, I hope they, uh, I hope eventually we get to a point where there's less and less of them. And a lot of that stuff's just regulated in the game rules, but I doubt it will happen. And, and the poor gameplay balance is going to impact ranked, right? Like the, 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 what we're playing in a competitive rule set, you know, basing around GAs is not going to happen in rank yeah. play. Right. And so. You know, you're going to jump into rank play and you're going to have to deal with four trophies and four smokes or whatever other cheese that, you know, we agree is not. The, the crazy um, thing is, for, is for like if you make play. your rank play this, like 
there's two different competitive fans, right? Or competitive players. There's the casual competitive player, which is like fans of competitive that don't actively compete. They just like to play the competitive stuff and follow along with it. And then there's the actual competitive players. You need to please both. If you if you don't please the fucking casual competitive players, they're going to get less and less intrigued and they're going to have their they're not going to be as hooked onto the actual esport as a people that act like as the pros are like the people that play ranked every day are the people that are going to watch your you watch your streams. They're going to be the people that watch the matches, right? They're going to be people that are fans of teams. If if the if the Call of Duty esports dies from the bottom, right, where there's no casuals playing it, no challengers playing it, etc., then there's going to be no fucking fan base. There's not going to be a player base. It's going to die. And that's the thing that I don't one pros don't fucking see it that way. And two, some of the people in the community don't obviously see it that way either, especially the developers. You need to build from the ground up, right? The CDL's fucking logo is literally the, the, the three pillars of competitive community, challengers, professional, whatever CDL. And they don't even they neglect two of them. So like what is go- I don't know what they're doing over there. Um uh, they need to figure out a way to kind of mimic the game um, from the bottom up. Otherwise, it's just going to like, why the fuck would people suscept themselves to playing this type of shit? Right. Like if the game is like not fun competitively to play for casuals, why would they even play competitive or follow it? Like they're again, you're you're playing two different games. You're watching two different games. Like it's it gets it's worse. Like because you also have the public match perspective. So I oh. don't uh, I don't know why they do this. Um, when I was talking to some pros about like, oh, we should allow DDoS. Not only is DDoS going to help um, with the, you know, the inherent trophy span and, and how uh, how OP position or like certain power spots are by allowing uh, maybe some sort of counterplay there. But it's going to alleviate the woes of players that play ranked. And I guess what I guess what I got hit with. Oh, we don't give a fuck about ranked players. Well, I mean, there's your problem. Like the people just don't care about the community. The the, the community aspect like it's it starts it starts there's problems all up and down the ladder dude and i don't as as maybe as a person that plays rank play or as somebody that doesn't compete anymore maybe i'm a little biased but at the same time like i just i don't know i grew up i kind of like see all perspectives of how i want the esports to grow and um it sucks that people don't see it that way no 100 percent. and like just because you obviously went on a little bit of a tangent there but just to rewind it back a lot no you're all good, Chris. You're all good. Um, but just to rewind it back a little bit, I just wanted to like say my opinion on like the whole Seattle situation. I think that the the big issue I have with the Seattle situation with the the trophy in particular, the smoke Kyler probably just accidentally had that on. Knowing Kyler, he probably just accidentally had it on through it, um, or he didn't know that his teammate was running at that specific round. But the trophy thing um, with people like kind of trying to go in this grey area where they're you know like we said before trying to run four trophies and then like the the two players that threw in the first round now they've switched off now they're using dead in the other two players have now got their trophies i think that's just like a finesse so like i feel like that should be punished for more than even though they didn't even throw as far as i could see they didn't even throw any extra trophies from and that specific s and d that everyone was talking about but um if teams are trying to do that uh, which i have seen teams and challengers doing and um, and some teams and scrims and whatnot, I think that that is like a big issue because you're just trying to kind of find that kind of loophole. There's also never been. That's for, that's for sure what it is. It's trying to cheese yeah. this, like yeah. the system. That there was, was actually never out. any conversation about that because at least even to my knowledge, that's how I played, right? And no one ever told me anything. There would be times where I was playing like a store member in Challengers, Arklov Peak, and I didn't have a trophy this round for the mound. So I would tell like, yo, we don't have a trophy this round. Okay, you swap to it. We just made sure that we don't throw more than two around. Granted, yeah. I do agree it should be two set players and they shouldn't ever swap off um, and swap like, you know, players um, in terms of using it. But that was never discussed. Even Sam agreed. Yeah. So um, they need to iron down on that sort of like ruling um, to prevent this from happening. And dude, it even happens in like things like BPL. There's so many times where I have to go in people's group chats or whatever. I'm playing BPL and I'm like, yo, make sure you have two trophies. And then, then I, I talk to people and they're like. Oh yeah, I never threw one, but I had on my class. Just take it the fuck off. It's not hard. Yeah, what do you mean exactly. you had it yeah. on your class? Just swap. It's common sense, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, yeah, to end that off, I think that the GAs are a bit of a mess. Um, and obviously, it's just an issue from that's always been there. It's just that you have to rely on trust rather than anything else, and that's obviously an actual fundamental issue of the whole GA system. Um, but as what it is, um. Next topic I want to talk about is Carolina this week. We've seen them coming in with TJ Halley, Real having visa issues. 
obviously um as someone from europe who's dealt with getting visas and all these sort of things i know it's like a very long process um i think he was out in toronto at one stage playing from there and now he's back in spain and he does intend to be back in america by the next week but um obviously that's a big big hurdle for uh, the carolina guys to cross over because they've from the start of the game, being scrimming with him out in Spain, then he was out in Toronto for a little bit. I think their whole start of the season has kind of been hindered by this whole situation, but they're obviously not a great team also, so it's like a double whammy where they're kind of just getting absolutely screwed, to be honest with you. So, um, interesting what your guys' I mean, thoughts are on like what they should do going forward, if they should like bring T-Gen full-time, or if they should look to bring in another sub. I, well, first and foremost, I hate it for Real. Yeah. I mean, like, I've, I've personally never had to deal with these issues, but I've I've heard and you know seen a lot of players who have in the past, and that shit sucks, right? No matter no matter who you are. Um, the problem that I have is like the CDL mandates that every team have a substitute player for these situations, yeah. right? And but the problem is we're in the, you know the current CDL where like no or hardly like some do hardly any of these teams abide by that and they just sign their coaches to the substitute spot who they never intend to play regardless. And then if, you know, an emergency comes along, they sign one of these like 14 day contracts or whatever. Um, I thought TJ played pretty well today. Um, you know, I think he was saying his controller wasn't overclocked. He came in and I, I, I don't, I think he was like the second best player on the team, which is pretty sad. Um, you know, just speaking on that Carolina team in general. Um, it, it does suck that we, you know, we haven't really got to see the full potential of Real, right? Like he was on the Rocker Academy stuff and then finally got the chance and um, been dealing with this since the start of the game. But I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys, like regardless of whether Real's in or TJ um, is on the team, I don't think it's going to change anything. I think this Carolina team still sucks. Um I, I I could see a world where TJ stays on this team, but I don't know if it would be for Real. Like I think the glaring problem is Goderek. So it's one of those situations where nobody wins uh, in this in this uh, specific situation. But Chris, I know you have thoughts on Carolina. Like I don't think this visa issue is going to change their success. Yeah, I rate. mean, like I said, I don't know what he's dealing with. Um, I feel like the more he's not in play with the team, the further and further this divide is going to be. Um, personally, it just sucks that visa issues are even a thing. But at this point, I feel like you just need to act quick unless he's like, unless I don't like, I don't know the timeline, right? If, um, maybe if he's not back in time for Boston at this point, you just literally keep teach, I guess, get rid of Goddard, but get rid of of Goddard X, but then you got to sign another another player and then just go with the roster. And then if you start to have issues again, then you can bring real back. But like, I don't know how big of a problem this is going to be, but you want what this reminds me of? Funny enough, this reminds me of Trey Zero being stuck in London in the Cold War season, and I got put on the Royal Ravens as a substitute for Trey, and you I got, got cooked. cooked. I got cooked. <laughs> and I was a, I was like a top 15 player, at least, in Challengers last year. I was fucking gross when I got back into Challengers. My stock was absolutely ruined in the Pro League. Because I was trying to play for the win and all that stuff. But anyways, besides this whole woe is me shit, I mean, it's just it. Trey never came back. Trey never came back after that point yeah. in time until what was it? Vanguard? Well, he played in, yeah, he after, played in Vanguard, until yeah. Vanguard. So like, dude, that whole year, right? This whole visa issue happened. Is it going to happen again? Am I going to stick around to wait? I don't know. So uh, like I said, I would just like I said, keep TJ. Um, drop Goderex immediately. I love you. I love I love Goderex. What is what is what, is, what happens to TJ's team? They're, they've been team, getting cooked. Like... They've been getting. They have not been playing as oh, good really? as um they were initially as they, they started. started. They have not been that good. Um, so obviously they played with the sub. I think in the last rotation cup. So I don't know um what they've been doing, but I just know they haven't been playing as good. There's a clear cut top like four challengers team. Different conversation. Um, but yeah, keep Teach, keep Quinn, Goderex. Yeah, out. I love Adam. Um, friends with Adam. Friends with Pander. They were like the whole duo for a very long time. But um, he just hasn't proved that he is good enough to play in the league. Um, and maybe that could be a stem of his team. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, like, 
It's not like he, he his stock isn't going to go up. It's not like he has anywhere else to go in the league. So like you're just you're just odd man out. Goodbye until next time. It is what it is. Um, tough shit. But that's probably the, the route they should go if if it was up to me. Tough scenes for the Carolina squad. <laughs> tough fucking scenes, bro. I mean, the reality is like no matter what they do, I think you know like looking at even if they made every they made a complete roster swap like i feel like they're automatic like almost destined for bottom four at, at uh boston right like would could you guys see a world where even if they made a ton of changes like they're getting outside of the top four at boston i don't know nah. um, especially not in a week time <laughs> no 100 percent. i mean there's there's no way they can make any changes that are going to dramatically increase their chances of actually coming out with any sort of respectable yeah. result and not only that, like this is a whole other thing we could go down, but I don't want to rabbit on too uh, too long. But I think that obviously the the organization as a whole has never been one that's typically, at least for the last couple of years, um, invested a lot. So making loads of changes and and doing all these things isn't something I foresee happening with with that the, organization. To be honest, the good news though, Mark, and this is this is where we can benefit from this Carolina situation, is. Uh, let's review some of our prize picks um, that we made for for this week. So unfortunately, we didn't make any uh, any Carolina entries, any Carolina player entries for this week. But now that we know their situation, I think we definitely can for next week. So um, I do have bad news, as you guys know. We 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 lost um, our 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 entry was not successful. Um, Estriel. Definitely had a great series um, in that phase one. It, it was funny too because, like, when we talked about which we were gonna, you know, what our entries were gonna be for this week, we were looking at Estriel and Fame, and Fame had a terrible, terrible series against Phase. Um, but but we went with Estriel, uh, so that that was unfortunate. Um, Kleenex obviously their series was so fast, like that three zero they had against Surge was so fast that. Um, they didn't even reach. If Surge would have taken a map, if Surge would just taken a map, we would have hit. No, it was maps one through three. Maps one through three. Oh, okay, never mind. But, but it was so I fast. Like every map was basically a blowout. Um, and everyone on Toronto fried. Um, so Kleenex did not have more than than fifty four and a half. Uh, but our last two to to at least give us a little uh, um, a little benefit to our pick. Um. For our entry, the RCDs had less and accuracy had less, um, which I think, as sad as it is to say, those were easy, are, bro. Yeah, these are the easy <laughs> ones. Steph um, ARs. Anything you guys think we should have done differently? Um, I mean, like, I think the the Estrial pick was still a good one. I think that we obviously weren't expecting map one and map three in that phase series to be so close. You um you had an opportunity for both of those maps to go LAG's way, so you know we see long games getting drawn out, and I think that you're going to see that result. So SG was a fast-paced player. Um, Kleenex, again, I th think that we expected the the Seattle series to be a bit closer um, than it was. So I think that it was also a sound pick. It's just one of those ones where it didn't really didn't really come out. We should have put the house on uh on scrap because he had an insane series. <laughs> With like almost twenty k damage or something like that, and like a crap ton of kills. Yeah, so. he set a record. Yeah, for, for <laughs> yeah he damage. set a record. I mean, that's just unfortunate, right? I mean, that was a mismatch. That Toronto. I I was actually mad too because like when I was when I was uh, placing these entries, I thought you know this was going to be a close series. Um, you know, going off Toronto having a slow uh, end when they lost last their, their in week uh, week two. Yeah. Um, but yeah, week three was a different story for this squad. Um, so it didn't do too hot, um, but it's all good because we can redeem ourselves uh, next week. For the next week's matches, we got Minnesota Rocker versus LA Gorillas. We got Optic Texas versus Miami. Uh, the New York Subliners against the Toronto Ultra. Unfortunately, we don't have a Carolina game on Friday um, because we know what we would do if we did. Um but yeah, let's start out. Brocker versus Gorillas. What are we thinking? Uh, Lamar again? I'm definitely Lamar taking again. an accuracy. I'm taking an accuracy uh, less. No matter what sure. the kills are. No matter what, no matter no matter what, what the number. Okay. No matter what. 
Yeah, I'm down for that, to be honest. I, I, think. I feel like... I was going to say, I feel like the Gorillas ones are tricky, right? Like, because their whole team is weird to me. Like, I guess we could say Diamond Con. We could we could feel a little confidence taking more. Um, but the other guys are so streaky. Like, they're day-to-day. Yeah. Day. Like, they could have a terrible series or fry. Like, when we look at Fame and Estriel, that's what we just dealt with. Like, one day Fame was the worst player, and then the next he was the best. So... Nah, nah, here's the thing though about Estro. Estro, it's not he, he he's always consistent. But like you don't know if he's hitting them more or less. It's more so that like he is like such a stable player in terms of like how he well he performs where he's not like going off, but he's not getting shit on. So pick, picking him is very risky cuz like I said So, so yeah, yeah, we could we're going to stay away. What, what, we what stay about, away. Just stay away. Yeah, we don't yeah, we don't need to pick a player on both teams here. We can just go with Lamar if, if that's what we're confident but because mm, i we think might, let's revisit that um i think the only other one we would pick is diamond con more if we okay. come back all right so let's just say for now we're gonna go lamar no matter what less than whatever the kills are yeah all right uh moving on to the optic texas first miami heretics i'm gonna jump in here and say no matter what the amount of kills are i'm taking kenny more he has looked like an absolute beast on this texas team um I think he, you know, making case for maybe a top three player in the game currently. Um, the only downside is, do we think this is going to be a blowout to where it's just done so fast that he's not able to get, you know, more than than whatever those kills are? I think Miami will keep it tight. They've uh, they've had a lot of close matches. I would expect it to be tight. Um, I think Kenny's a, a great shout. I think for me, another one I would look at would be um, Lucky on Miami going less than his projection. I think that he's definitely a guy that plays typically a little bit slower. Um, I think that that could be a shout as well, but I also probably do favor the, the Kenny the Kenny choice. I like that. Yeah, the Kenny choice could be also good. I also see a potential Shotzi less here, because Shotzi isn't playing too good, at least statistically. Um but it's the kind of the same thing with Estriel, no? Like, or, or like he could have a he could have a series where he just like goes off, and then we're just like, well, shit. Our entire entry is 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 done. Yeah, that's true. Definitely want to make a take the, take the safer route here. Um, I kind of agree with you on the lucky lucky uh, pick, Mark. I think. Okay, so we'll do both he of those. Is a slow player. Yeah, I mean, I'm done. I'm done for both or just Kenny because I think that for me, I I think I'd uh, sort of lean more towards the Kenny side. I just think um, lucky as as also a good shout to to get less kills than, than he's expected to get. I don't even know if we actually pick anything in the next series. I think we have to do the first two because the next the next series well, is I'll, could be an absolute bloodbath and we don't know who's going to come out high. So and who's I have, not an, I have an idea for this because I agree with you. I think this is going to be a sick series, by the way. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking like almost the same train of thought you had, Mark, about Lucky. Like maybe taking an insight less here. Like... Insight to me has been really consistent this year, but not in like a, you know, he's frying taking over way, just in like a, he's doing his job, but he's not having any flashy, like pop off maps. Um, and I, I, even, even if ultra, let's say dominate or it's a close series in general, like, I feel like we're going to be looking at scrappy and Kleenex and, and on New York side, like Sib and Hydra. Um, and so that insight one is kind of, Kind of, kind of screaming at me because, dude, Sib has been playing so well too. Like, one, this is going to be just an absolute slugfest, but like, Sib has been playing so well that I, I could see this. You know, obviously, it's going to come down to the map set. Hopefully, we can get some invasions um, in there, which tend to have, you know, typically a little bit less kills. But what do you guys think about that insight? Um. With you on your trail of thought, I think that it's definitely going to be a bloodbath. I think you're going to have a very close matchup, but for me. He didn't like hit his projection last week, but I'm willing to double up on Kleenex once again and just put him in there to to go um, uh, that's, that's to get point. more. Because I think that like last week he definitely was close to it, and it was a very very like it was an absolute blowout versus Seattle. So I think that he could be one of the ones that's that's in so you're saying in like a grueling close series. He's probably yeah, gonna yeah, get yeah, more kills. Probably. Yeah. If we expect it to be a really close series, I think that it, you'd be dumb not to put uh, Kleenex to to get more. 
to be honest, because he consistently puts up high interactions. So if it, if it is a close series, you're going to expect Linux to do that easily. Um, if it's not a close series, which it could potentially happen. I think it will be. I think it will be. Yeah. Um, that's why I kind of favor Kleenex, but I also do agree with the, with the Insight shout, but I think that Kleenex for me would be more clear cut in my opinion. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I think it's either that or I take the Diamond Con more in the, in the first series. Like an additional one on that series. The only, the only problem with that one, I think Rocket is so bad. I don't know, like... I feel like that series could be quick. Like that could just be an LAG just surprise three O, like pretty convincing. Especially if they get the maps that they want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I don't really know what to expect from that series to be honest, because although like we would probably say that LAG have definitely showed more promise, they've looked very close against some of the better teams. Um and obviously they've they've picked up some big wins. I think that still I I wouldn't Put it out of the realm of possibility that Rocker could come in and somehow like grind you just that have result you just have trauma like LAG trauma from seeing all their rosters yeah. like just inconsistent. Where like you see these players' yeah. names and they're you're like no way they're just going to be a consistent team this year. Like we we were talking about on uh, on the flank how like they're probably a top five team like in terms of consistency factor right now. Yeah, they beat the teams in front of them. They're playing what Miami? I think they have to beat Miami. Um, Rocker and Seattle, those are the last mid-pack teams that they haven't played. They beat like most of them, if not a combination of those teams. They're yeah. a top five team. That's crazy, right? And that's not something we even ever had a conversation of I, an LAG roster being. So I think I get if it. we're if we're gonna take a more here, I I think I have more faith in Kleenex, especially in a Gruley series. All right, fairs. So we confident yeah. with that accuracy less, Kenny more, Lucky less. And Kleenex more. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. I'll uh Let's I'll make it. sure to uh reload up on prize picks for our for our our uh, entry next week. Uh luckily they offer Apple Pay now, so quick, easy deposits. Um and we'll get in and, and hopefully have a have a successful entry for week two. Um but yeah, so uh, anyone watching, go to pricepicks.com slash reverse sweep. Use code reverse sweep for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars, um, and we'll see you for when we place our entries next week. Yeah, let's get into the weekend's matches. So we obviously had a great weekend of matches, in my opinion. I thought that I, I enjoyed pretty much the majority, even though there's a lot of blowouts. I think there was some some good cod on display. We've seen the new spawns on some maps, uh, particularly sub base, which has obviously changed probably most drastically. Um, in comparison to the, the patch we were previously on, we've seen multiple different uh, games that were just going down to time and it was very mixy now it's like slowed down quite a considerable amount um it's it's changed up completely so um for the most part you've seen the likes of phase continuing their dominance i think that like i said in the last episode that we had it's kind of boring talking about phase they come in this week uh, they win 3-0-3-0 but to be honest, it doesn't tell the whole story. I think we can talk about that LAG matchup specifically. Uh, map 1 and Map 3, definitely very winnable for LAG, and I think that that's obviously great uh, signs of life from LAG in terms of when you were t when we were talking about them as a collective previously, we didn't really foresee them ever you know, hanging with the top teams. Um, and although, at the end, they ultimately lost 3-0, so in two weeks' time, everyone's going to forget about the close matchup. Um you know, I still think it was a great result for them to actually be able to you know, pull that out and, and, and show that they can hang. But ultimately, they, they came away with nothing in that match. But um, FaZe taking care of business, even though they didn't play great in the LAG series, they come out, they win 3-0, they then go into the next series and win 3-0 again. It's, as you'd expect, I think Draza's um, added another dynamic to that team where he has a lot more pop-off potential, I think, than, than Austin did, and I think although Austin's a great S&D player himself, and one of the best, I think that uh, Draza's also going to elevate their S&D to another level too, because I personally believe he's one of the best S&D players in the game, so um, you know, I think that they're going to be team's the favorites scary. for me going into Major 1. This team's scary. Um, and it's wild to say that because they've been like a top two team for the lifetime of the CDL, but um, yeah, I think them picking up Draza, man, and we keep seeing it week after week. Like, they picked up another superstar, right? Like, Alec, we could call him a star at some point in his career, but it was kind of shifted more to a role player. Um, same for Austin, right? But now we have 
Draza is literally like just taking over and is is having the attitude of like, you know, this is almost too easy. Um, and so yeah, I'm I'm pumped, man, for for you know seeing this squad debut on land uh, and hopefully getting more of these top four team matchups, which we obviously will as we get later in the tournament at Boston. But man, it's like it's just not even close. Um, when yeah. they play these teams outside of the top four, it's just going to be hard, man. Like you look at all the like past for, uh, phase rosters, even when they had RCs and they looked really good in Cold War. Alec was a great player, but at the same time, he wasn't like a star player. And now they have draws on their team. And uh, not only does this guy obviously mesh well with the team, they look good. Um, so you can tell, but he's another person that's also going to pick up slack. So like you have, you put another star player on a team that isn't interfering with the way the team dynamic has worked in the past. Sip looks like he's at his best um, after previous years. Celium still looks as consistent as ever. It's just like, where are you guys going to beat these guys? Right. Um, obviously, they still have to play, I think, Optic at the end of the stage, which is going to be hype as fuck because obviously Optic had their number for the last couple of years, um, always beating them at least in their online. I think beating them in general. I don't even know if it was just online, but just beating them. Um, so, the, you know, winning that is going to pretty much solidify them as the favorites of the major. Obviously, if they end up losing Optic, people are going to be like, oh, they still can't beat Optic. But at the end of the day, like they're setting themselves up to be in a good spot here, undefeated looking as good as ever. They're like the only team that really hasn't faltered at all. Yeah. They're yeah. like on a league of their own right now. They're like, I'd say they're at the top of the pyramid and everyone else is sort of whittling down beneath them, you know, um, just from what we've seen so far. Uh, and just even things that I've heard behind the scenes, uh, from what I know, they've been destroying everyone. Just firing on all cylinders, yeah. Yeah, so I think that they're like, you know, they're really hitting, hitting new levels. Well, not new levels, I'd say, just... Maybe last year, the last two years, you'd say solidifying really at that, yeah. like, you know, they weren't the phase of like the Cold War or the or the previous years. So I think that they definitely um um are gonna be a really really tough matchup for anyone going into Major One. Um, and I think the use obviously spoke about them before, but the next sort of three teams below I'd put would be like New York, Toronto, and Optic. Um, New York and Toronto, I'd put slightly above Optic because just. Optic faltered a bit, a little bit at the start of the season. That Vegas, then... that Vegas one was was sketched too. Like it was, it was weird. They they go down two zero, but it's like as soon as they won that control, it's just like oh well, they won this series. Like I have no faith in that Vegas team after that. Um, yeah, yeah. But but optic, yeah, optics look shaky. Um, but the upside is they have like, Pred and Kinney are looking insane this year. I wasn't expecting those two to come in and be like, you know, almost the lock for best two on this team. Um, I still, I know Chris, you mentioned it earlier, like Shotzi has not been playing well. Um, and I still want to see more from Dashi. Um, but I, I think this team, you know, I think we're talking about like phase, they are firing on all cylinders. And if optic can get to that point, it'll definitely be a lot scarier in this top four. But I agree with you. I think right now, New York and Toronto are better than them. Um, and they're the closest to catching up to phase and just an early, early prediction. I'm hoping for a, uh, a Toronto phase grand final at, at Boston. Really? Yeah. That, I think that'll be sick. Me too. Yeah, pretty much in the same boat. I think that with uh, Toronto, even though they did lose that 3-0 to Boston, and I know this may sound dumb to people listening, and no, I know New York are undefeated, but I still think Toronto look better than New York. I think New York, though, do have like another level that they can reach to. I think that they've obviously been grinding at results, getting getting the wins uh, over across the entire like stage. But at the end of the day, I think that they've probably looked a little worse than Toronto as a whole. They've had a lot of close maps. Um, series that they've potentially lost. Sib so. has literally been having like 1.8s. Yeah. <laughs> like... Like, I don't, that's, I mean, we know, like, Cod, like, that's not a sustainable level of play. Um, he's obviously doing obscene things at the moment, but, like, there's no way he's going to keep playing at that level. Like, even if he falls back to a 1.2, like, uh, the difference between a 1.2 and 1.8 is still a big deal uh, in a series. So, um, yeah, I think they're, you know, relying on that star power um, and, and edging out these games versus, like, just coming in and being clear-cut the best team. But like in Toronto's wins, it's just like, damn, like that team stood no chance against them. And it's kind of the same attitude Draws is having, like that Scrap's having. Like he's like, this is just so easy. Like these are my sons I'm playing against. Like, 
and I think I believe I heard him say on stream the loss to Boston. He was like, I've never beat Boston online in my entire career, but I've never lost to him on land. So it's like one of those things where it could just be a an online uh online skill diff. Um but but we'll see. I think it's also like the server selection. Obviously I I used to be a part of Toronto, so I kind of knew this as well. The server selection between Toronto and Boston is pretty favorable to Boston, from what I remember, unless it's changed over Which the I last two has. years. Um, I know that's a, definitely a factor as well, but to be fair, I think that there's multiple times that probably Toronto should have beat Boston over the last couple of years, but it's actually crazy to think that they've never beat them on online. Um, but yeah, historically, I think they've done fairly well against them on land. Um, but yeah, I think you had the nail on the head there, Toronto when they're playing, like, if you look at their stats and stuff like that, they're they're kind of just performing, like, especially with their matches this weekend, just performing how you'd expect them to perform. Maybe, you know, slightly higher KDs and stuff like that from the likes of Envoy, but, um, you know, in their last match and their loss against Boston, or their their matches in the last uh, part of the stage, um, and their loss against Boston, they obviously had Envoy performing the worst anyone's ever seen of him. So as long as he kind of hits that, Point nine, you know, maybe going positive, and he's like being an impact on the map. When he was dropping a point five, I'd, he's not making any impact on the map. So I think that he's definitely is as long as he kind of goes even. I think he, they're they're going to be in a position where they can consistently um, perform at the highest level, and I think that they are going to be one of those teams that are going to be hard to beat alongside Phase. Um, but yeah, I think that. Um, now that we summed up the top four, we could talk about everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Now that they're in their own bucket, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Then, I, I don't know, like, my whole opinion of the rest has just changed, like, drastically, even over today, to be honest. Um, you know, seeing Miami lose that game against Boston, I mean, the loss against Seattle for Miami was tough, but then when they, uh, they come in today, I'm expecting a bounce back against Boston, who have just obviously came off a loss. Um, but, I guess Miami weren't. I, I shouldn't have been as high on Miami as I was. I guess because uh, well, they I think were the not. The schedule tricked everybody, right? Like, yeah, they yeah. played basically the bottom three teams that we know now at the start of the league. Like, they came out, they looked great because they were just shitting on these teams that are they're not good. Um, yeah, and so to me, I mean, like, I think you're you're right to be high on them in a sense that like they're not bottom four, but outside yeah. of that, it's like I don't think they were as good as they were looking in the beginning. And I was ahead of the curve, man. I pulled out on the Vamos Bucks right after the loss to Seattle. I started to see the trend, and I called about a Boston bounce back. But I mean, I I'm willing to bet that like the way I got these teams ordered in my head is pretty good. Like at least outside of uh, the top four, I got number five LAG, number six Seattle, number seven Boston, number eight. Thieves. Actually, no, no, no. Number no, eight. No, number eight, horrible. Miami. Number eight, Miami. Nine thieves. And then I don't fucking the rest doesn't even matter. I would I wouldn't even have thieves at nine. What would you put them at? Like eleven, twelve. They're horrible, dude. Maybe really Vegas? Bad. Maybe Vegas at nine or Minnesota? Yeah, I'd probably say Vegas is a better team with no ice. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, true. For yeah. me, it's like Carolina Rocker. Or Carolina's for sure twelve. Like no question. They're for sure twelve. Um I would probably put Thieves at eleven, Rocker at ten, Vegas at nine. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. Well, it's kinda of one of those things, it's like how do it doesn't does it even matter how we rank them? Like they're yeah, they're the bottom four. Yeah, that's true. No, they're definitely the bottom four right now. But I think LA Thieves, though, if you look at their matches, they have been in a bunch of advantageous positions. They're not closing at the end of the day, so that's all that matters. But in comparison to like what we've seen out of Minnesota and some of the games and what we've seen out of Vegas, I do think that LA Thieves can be better than those teams uh, with the talent they have on their rosters. Well, the, the problem, Mark, um, and you probably didn't see this because Octane had linked it earlier, but out of the... All 48 players in the CDL right now, the LA, there's three of the LA Thieves guys who are all like bottom nine. Yeah. Like in KD, in KD, they're, they're bottom nine in KD. Like they're not getting kills. Um, and, and like, I agree with you. I think this team has some talent, but it's not producing anything. Like where they're, they just don't look good at anything. And they've definitely had some series where they played close and they don't look like they're getting world star, but it's like, it's consistently bad enough that I, I'm losing faith in them because I think they have talent, but 
I just don't think that four worked together at all. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that they're just not a good composition, whether that be from like a personality perspective, whether that be from like a roles perspective, something's off and their teamwork, like you've seen the amount of numbers of badges they have in S&D and stuff like that. These sort of things, like you, they happen, you, you lose like 1v2s here and there, you lose these clutch scenarios, but they're happening consistently for that team where they're just falling apart at the crucial moments in games, in all game modes. Um, and like you said, if you compare them to like a Seattle, where Seattle have not looked great in respawn, but you know they're, they're strong in S&D and they're going to be able to like compete in every single series that they play in because they're going to be strong in that game mode. LA Thieves have no positives right now, so it's hard to really put them outside of the top. You know, I'd definitely say it's their argument for them to be the bottom three. Um, for me, I wouldn't put them 11th, though. I'd probably put them 10th or 9th. That's fair, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that like outside of that, I think that you've got, obviously... Um, I think everyone hit the nail on the head in terms of the, the standings and the way I'd put it. I think that um, Seattle and LAG are definitely squeezing into the top six at the minute, but luckily we've got another week of games to see how those teams sort of finally match up going into the major. Um, you know what makes you excited for, Mark? Our bracket prediction next week for the Boston major. Now that we're oh, ranking yeah. them a little bit, we're seeing how these teams are... I can't wait to see what this out. bracket looks like. Yeah, that's that's true too. Jeez, there's going like, to be hilarious. There's going to be some bad matches day one, <laughs> like some bad. Some bad. people you wouldn't expect to just be out like day one, like Thursday, Friday, whatever. They're going to be out immediately. You're just going to be like, "What happened? What went wrong, dude?" Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm definitely looking forward to like us predicting like dark horses and stuff like that because at the end of the day, there's going to be one of those teams that shows up to land and just shits themselves and there's going to be one of these teams that's maybe underperforming online that comes in, they maybe notch in a little top six here and there. LA Thieves, I'm buying the ticket. No, I'm joking. I'm not buying, I'm not buying <laughs> that sick. ticket. There's, ab there's absolutely no chance of buying the LA Thieves ticket right now. Um, but yeah, I think that we've kind of covered most of the, the, the teams, to be honest. So let's probably segue into our predictions for next week. Um, let me pull up the old schedule first. Probably should have had this open already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, we spoke about this earlier, so we can kind of bang these out. Um, the the Minnesota versus LAG game. How do you guys see that one going? I got LAG. Um, LAG for me, day. it's like... I, I, but I do still want to keep seeing Linz play as good as, as he has. Um, but for me, he's really the only shining spot on this rocker squad. But yeah, I think LAG is just consistently better across the board. I think they'll take this one. Yeah, I think LAG is just a better team. But like, you know, it's hard to like put a lot of confidence into the players in LAG just because like you haven't seen um, all those players or just those players in general in the league for a, a while. Like, obviously, Fame, and Fame was there last year, and so was Assault, but, like, Estriel and Diamond have been away for a while, and Estriel's first time. And then in terms of, like, Fame and even Adam Assault's success, like, it's been up and down, like, lots of down. So whenever I'm, like, sitting here, like, predicting them to win, like, almost every series, except for against the top four teams, I'm kind of like, am I sure? Right? So... Um, I'm confident they'll win it, but at the same time, like you never really know with like Minnesota just has those streaky players. Lynn's obviously pop off vivid pop off. We're still waiting to see wake pop off in the moment in the way that he has in other games. A lot of we people just, are calling him a sound sure cue. Lamar doesn't pop off. He's, he's <laughs> having a sound EQ merchant crisis. So I don't know. Um, we'll see if that team gets any better over time, but I still have got, um, uh, LAG take in the versus series. Yeah, I think that Wake's an absolute hibernation right now. Never mind sleep. He's just, I don't know what's <laughs> yeah, going on with him. I don't up. know what's going on with him, to be honest. Um, because I think that's the same thought process as me, Chris, where if I'm looking at this match, you look at the players on each team, and you'd probably go Minnesota, but then you've seen what you've seen from LAG, and you think, obviously, that they've looked like a much better team. So I, I'd go with LAG as well. I think that they've looked the much better team by a good amount. So regardless of Minnesota's result today against Carolina, I'm, I can't really take that too seriously, to be honest. Unless I see Minnesota getting results against a decent team, it's going to be hard for me to, to give any credit there. So I'm going to go with LAG for sure, maybe 3-1 or something like that. Looking at these uh, these series, um, I'm trying to pick the best ones here. Um, New York Ultra. I know we talked about it a little bit, but is 
who do you guys have for this? Do we think it's going game five? I could easily see this going game five. And if it does, I might lean the way of subliners. Like, I think if it goes game five, I almost have more faith in subliners to clutch up. And, but if it's not a game five, it's 3 0 I obviously have Toronto. But if it goes the distance, I think New York might, might be able to clutch up. Yeah, I'm opposed to that. I got New York just because um, their S&D has been really standout this year. And for a team that I personally didn't think was going to be crazy good at search and destroy with obviously Sib's history on the, the Seattle roster and then even New York having S&D woes at certain points throughout the Modern Warfare 2 year, um, it's kind of surprising to see them turn around that gay boat so quickly, although it plays completely different this year um, with the addition of Dead Silence. Um They've looked pretty serviceable in every other mode. While I still think Toronto, yes, they've looked great, but there's been times where, you know, we've seen some weaknesses out of them and they obviously have a loss under their belt. So, you know, I'm going to say that New York is probably going to perform better here, but I mean, we'll see how, how Toronto's progressed, man, if they've been able to iron down their issues, because I think um, I was worried for Envoy for a second to see if he was going to put it together, but he's looked really good. Um, this last uh, the last couple or this last weekend so we'll see but i'm gonna go with new york um if you guys are gonna go with toronto i'm gonna mix it up no i'm definitely going to toronto for sure for sure <laughs> um with what pat was saying i think if it goes game five i can see new york winning they've got the mental edge on them in terms of like champs last year uh, if you look at how new york have performed in their matches so far they've had game fives they've had close round 11s, etc. They've had a lot of clutches so far this season. I think that that's going to obviously um, give them that mental edge when it comes down to those game fives, if it comes down to it, which I could see it getting pushed to. But I'm yeah. going to go see one Toronto. I just Let's know that New York's going to nerd out before this series in terms of like watching all the Toronto shit and like hardcore, just like like looking for counter strikes and weaknesses and map pools and stuff like that. I'm sure Toronto will do their research, but I just value, I value New York. Not only their, their team's great, but like I value the way their coaches approach the game and like the way that they, you know, like review teams because you can tell in their game, they, they are always prepared. It's crazy how, how hard those guys work. So I will say though, because it's a top four matchup, um, you know, I think both these teams will be taking it serious and, and I don't mean that they don't take their other match series, but we kind of know like these, both these teams know they're better than five through 12 right now. Um, and this is like, I think only our second match where these top four teams are playing against each other. Um, I'm going to go ultra three. Uh, I think it's going to be a blowout. I think this is going to be like an envoy uh, solidification that he's back. He's not having one of those 0.5 woes. Scrappy's going to be on, on fire. And obviously I think Kleenex will be, We'll be frying too. That's uh, crazy. I just, and the, but the reason I say this, I, don't, I just don't think Sib is going to play the way he's been playing. Like I don't. I, there's just no world for me that he's a 1.8 again, like like setting records like he has been. So. Could prove you wrong, but um, no, I mean for I sure mean, that's cool. But there's reversion to the mean. It, you know what's it always crazy though? At some point. You know what's crazy? The two for the first two series of top four teams playing have both been New York. Yeah, New York Optic New York, and New York. Yeah, New York Toronto, Optic, yeah. which was absolutely insane series. Well, luckily, Chris, on Sunday we'll be breaking that the probably most anticipated match next week. We hinted about it a little bit earlier. Atlanta phase against Optic Texas. This is going to be a grueler, though. Because Optic, I feel one. like, has to... Optic has to come crazy, or it's going to be a rough, like, from the Optic fans, like, yeah, you know, they, they've always had this, like, you know, they've had the edge over Atlanta, but now Atlanta's kind of got an even scarier team. Optic's leveled up their roster. Um, but we need to see if they can finally compete against each other. So I'm gonna be uh, honest, bro. Like, listen, I think Optic. Some of the players on that team have been really good this year, but unless Optic is like winning search or like wins the control, I don't see a world where Phase lose this. Um, this game just fits them, and like they have they have Draza now, and I'm not like trying to just like completely glaze them. But, like, the way he's been playing, the way he looks in literally everything that he plays. <laughs> the way he looks? Dude, we are like, glazing. Okay, chill, chill, chill. The way, uh, he looks he looks in game, the way he looks in game and how he plays, like, he's just been fucking good. Like, frying. Like, I, we haven't had a phase fourth doing this consistently for a while. Like, for a long time. Maybe you could even argue ever for their team, right? There's always been that one, like, 
veteran doesn't play the craziest but he you know he does what he needs to like this guy goes above and beyond while the rest of his team also continues to fry it's just hard to find a weakness bro while like every other team you can kind of point one out so mark we might have um, to get a new segment for these episodes we'll have to have a, a parasite glaze segment parasite glaze <laughs> segment where i just absolutely gas up somebody listen i see it i think this is their year to dominate again obviously events are different we'll see how things progress but uh so Atlanta face. I think I think map, they're gonna map, I think map count. Give I think they count. fucking dominate, bro. I'm not gonna lie. I think they I, maybe three one. I maybe give Optic a map. They might be able to like take a control or something. Mark, I, I'm gonna go three zero uh, phase. Um, I just think that you're gonna see Optic uh, being put in a position where they're essentially forced to. I, I completely think that phase are gonna win map two, and map three. I think it comes down to map one. Um, I think that to be honest, I've got phase three zero. Phase three, or just convincing win. They're going to come in, like you uh, said earlier in the episode. Optic have a historic good record against Atlanta, so I think they're going to want to put that right and make sure they put them down this Sunday. So um, I'm thinking I'm going to go three zero phase. Uh, again, I think Optic are a top team, and I think that they're definitely going to be probably in the top four at the first event. But it's hard from what we've seen from Phase, from what we've seen from Optic, not to expect pure domination. But you never know. I think if Dashi and Shotzi can uh, potentially play at the level that we expect of them um, and match Kenny and Pred, I think that they could definitely see like a more close series. And if it goes down to that game five somehow, some way, then I could see Optic taking it, to be honest. But it's one of those ones where uh, I think it's probably going to be done in three or four and Faze are going to come out victorious. Well, I hate to break it to you guys. I disagree. I oh, think shit. this is going to be an Optic Masterclass 3 Whoa! Oh, I don't know if I believe that prediction. Is that true prediction? That wasn't. I was just had to test you guys. I just had to test you guys. Nah, nah. There's no Listen, way. I, I might actually put a put a side entry in on Prize Picks with just a you know phase phase more and, and optic less because there's absolutely no way optic beat this new Atlanta phase squad. So Dude, I was looking at my. Screen I was I was crazy. testing you guys. I, like, I had to make sure. I was I like, I think, sure I, think this is an, I think this is AI. I don't think this is bad AI. actually. Here, <laughs> like, dude, what the oh, hell? Man. Good news is we got two uh, top four teams uh, battling next week, and then we'll get into our bracket prediction on the next episode, and then we'll get into Boston, which will be a great time. We'll finally get to force these top four teams to play more. Um, so everyone can win and we stop seeing some of these bad teams. Hopefully they make some roster changes after Boston though. Yeah. And um, I think that does it for us guys. Um, I just want to say massive shout out to you too. And obviously everyone behind the scenes, but make sure that uh, you guys like and subscribe the video and subscribe to the channel and make sure you guys all enjoy yourselves the rest of your weeks. Uh, but finally, Thank you for joining us at the Reverse Sweep, presented by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash reverse sweep and use code reverse sweep for a first deposit match of up to $100. We hope to see you again in the next one.